I would say the most important thing is to focus like you should already be focused when you're podcasting anyway. And since they see you, clear up your background. Don't make it cluttered. Don't have like four dogs behind, you know, just be be normal, you know, be professional. Like act like, oh, they're giving me their time. Podcast Junkies, episode 248. Welcome back. I'm your host, Harry Duran. If you are new to the podcast, welcome. Thanks for joining me on your inaugural trip down Podcast Landia or the Podosphere. But more on that later. This is the show where I talk to fascinating people, interesting people in the podcasting space, and get them to kick back their heels and share what's going on in their world. In case you missed last week's episode, we had a great conversation with Stephanie Fuccio. Stephanie is the host of several podcasts and also the founder and creator of Pod Rev Day. So make sure you check out that episode if you haven't already. This week, I speak to longtime friend and past guest, Christine Blackburn. This episode is brought to you by Focusrite and specifically the Scarlet 2i2 sound card, one of my favorite go-to sound cards, something I use for each and every podcast recording. The 3G line is a go-to for all new podcasters. Find out more at podcastjunkies.com forward slash focus right, and the link will be in the show notes as well. Christine's first appearance on the show was way back on episode 110, so I'll, I'll drop that episode in the show notes so you can check that out. I welcome her back, and obviously, we talk a little bit about the impact of COVID and the growth of her podcast, Storyworthy. If you haven't heard of it, it's a show where Hollywood's most talented people in the entertainment industry share true personal stories. Her past list of guests are a who's who of folks in the entertainment space. Larry King, Sugar Ray Leonard, Kevin Nealon, Ed Asner, Adam Carolla, and Matt Oswald. She's also the host of Story Smash, the storytelling game show that airs live on Facebook and YouTube on Fridays. Christine is a consummate creator, and we talk about her decision to launch new shows, including the story-worthy Hour of Power. I'm curious about how she gets the caliber of guests on her show and how remote interviewing has changed her approach. She actually used to do all of those in person. She was selected as a speaker at the recent Podcast Movement Virtual Summit, and she shares her takeaways and also talks about what continues to motivate and drive her, as well as her latest, newest project, which she's sharing here. It's called My Life in Three Songs. We talk about how that podcast is going to be possible with the changes recently announced by Spotify and their ability to allow songs from their catalog in the creation of podcasts on that platform. Let's not forget that this episode is also brought to you by Fullcast. Fullcast Fullcast.co is the website. If you need help with any aspect of your show from launch to production and marketing, we can help. Schedule a free chat at Fullcast.co forward slash chat 15 about your existing or new show. Don't forget if you're enjoying this episode or past episodes, I'd love it if you leave a rating and a review at ratethispodcast.com forward slash podcast junkies. It was really fun to catch up with Christine, and I'm sure you'll really enjoy this episode. Make sure you stay to the end of the episode where I reveal this week's retention hashtag. So Christine Blackburn, host of Storyworthy, welcome back for round two of Podcast Junkies. Yay! I'm still a junkie, and I still have a podcast. <laughs> That's a lot of people that I, I... I haven't gone back to check all the people that I interviewed in those early days, since I started in 2014, it'd be interesting to see who still has a podcast. Um, yeah, and that's true. Podcasting. Yeah. yeah, that's interesting. So we're going to date stamp this November 2020. We're in the middle of 
round two or round three of the COVID pandemic. So just as a check-in, we haven't chatted in a while, so <laughs> the benefit of this podcast is, is my ability to and my platform for catching up with old friends as well. So <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I love it. How you been and what's been the impact uh, since March? Well, the big impact is that my daughter is home, obviously, and she's 13. She's in eighth grade. She's in her bedroom in school right now. And, you know, it's, I like having her around to tell you the truth, but I feel bad for her in terms of, you know, she's got her friends and stuff, but it's, you know, they can't see. She has a couple friends she can see that are in our bubble, as it were, Mm -hmm. but there's no school dances, there's no mingling. And as the mother of a preteen, I like it that way. I think it's best that we just continue the social distancing until she's, I'd say, 35. (laughs) No, but it's, it's good and bad, you know? I mean, it it is, there's like two sides of it, because then there's the side that says it, We've all been through it, the rites of passage, and for better or for worse, I know a lot of people have like mixed feelings about preteen years and high school, but somehow we ended up stronger because of it, and we look back at those times and as helping us build character. So there's... I don't know about that, because at least where I went to school, there was a lot of what we call teasing, but it was bullying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was some like scarring, like I can remember people getting made fun of. I can remember mm-hmm. making fun of people. I mm. can be I can remember being made fun of. Yeah. I remember in seventh grade, this girl Denise Bender didn't like me and I always used to wear my hair kind of like it is now. No, I'm kidding. Kind of like it is now, except I would always put like a little ponytail on the side of my head up high because that's what Suzanne Summers was wearing oh, on yeah. Three's company. <laughs> yeah. And so one day this girl, because she just was such a bitch She was always in competition with me. I mean, I was like 12 or 13, one or the other, very young. And she got to school early and she wrote on every single blackboard in all the rooms, all the chalkboards, it's Christine Blackburn Day. And then she put her hair, she passed out rubber bands and ponytail holders and everybody put their hair up on the side of their head, including Mr. Pilot and Mr. Seftis. And these teachers and some of the female teachers and the ma- it was like they all were laughing at me. Wow. And I didn't get it at all. And I had to go to the office crying and it was so bad. And then my friend Chris Blayhut came to the office and sat with me until my mom came and picked me up. I had to leave. It was scarring. Did they realize after the fact how ridiculous that was to do to a, a child? I don't even remember any recourse at all. I think kids move on quickly. You know, I don't think they probably thought about it again, but I was devastated. But you said the teachers were doing it as well, too. Yeah, I know, because I think that they thought it was a ha-ha-ha, like, this is funny. I don't think they thought it was bullying. Yeah. But it was, and I just couldn't believe it was happening. And I have a nightmare, a reoccurring nightmare, of walking down that hallway and seeing in every room that written on the blackboard. Isn't that terrible? It's funny the little things that you you carry with you into adulthood. Sucks. <laughs> Sucks, man. And then I have a nightmare, a reoccurring nightmare about not finishing my grandfather's clock because I built, I was in woodshop for four years in high wow. school and I built a grandfather's clock and that was like the huge senior project. It was a big deal. And at the time it cost us money. We had to buy the wood and everything. And so, like a freestanding one? 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's wow. beautiful. It took nine yeah. months to make and two classes a day, and wow. I finished, and it's beautiful. It's in my mom's house in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Sometimes I think about how am I going to bring that thing to California someday, and what the hell would I want it for? But how could yeah. I get rid of it? I made it yeah, when I was course. 17. You and know func- what I mean? functional, you had to build the clock, or where did the mechanism come from? The mechanisms we bought. So like okay. the clock at that time, I think to buy the mechanisms and the wood was, depending on the kind of wood you bought, and I bought walnut because Mr. Santa Cruz always said that walnut is the Cadillac of woods. And so I made mine in walnut, and it was about... 350 bucks which was a lot of money oh, in yeah. the early 80s and yeah, so yeah. anyway i forget why did we start talking about my wood shop oh yeah i have the, <laughs> i have a nightmare that i didn't finish my clock freaks me out that's interesting and so what's been the impact besides your daughter of like how's la been and how's that happened to the day to day yeah la's quiet it's quiet and i'm able to play tennis about four or five days a week, which is nice. Yeah, I keep saying that's one of the few Social acceptable sports, sports yeah. you can do now. I, I imagine that's probably picking up, right? People, a lot of, a lot of people playing yeah, more tennis. Yeah, probably. Now. There's quite a few courts very close to me, so I'm lucky to have a choice. And I have one, two, three, about four or five tennis partners that I play with regularly. And I'm playing today with my buddy Ed. I've been playing with Ed for 20 years. He's 80 years old. Wow. And he can hit, like, you can't even believe it, Harry. It's so much fun. He's like hitting with a backboard. He's not going to miss the ball. He won't miss. Yeah. Now, he's not running. You know what I mean? Yeah, of course. There's not a lot of running. Yeah, but we're doing chasing. different games. Yeah. yeah, it depends on the game you're playing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so that's very nice that I'm able to do that. But LA is quiet. A lot of people are moving out because it's very yeah. expensive here, as you know. Yeah. And I don't know. I wouldn't say a lot of people are moving out, but... No, I would say that because I see to rent signs everywhere, to rent, mm. to lease, to let, etc. And it's depressing. And going down Hollywood Boulevard or Sunset, like everything's closed up and it is sad. It's mm. really sad. We're lucky to have some outdoor dining yeah. because of the weather. So that's helpful. That's but true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still, it's still so scary right now. And the governor is telling us to stay home because we're kind of back to where we were. And, you know, obviously, luckily, Biden's coming into office. And that, I think, obviously, will sort things out. I'm impressed already about the scientists and the doctors that he's already rallied around him. He's Mm -hmm. hiring people back that, you know, who fired. And it's going to be good. We're going to see a turnaround. But right now, you know, I haven't been home to Pittsburgh in almost two years. My daughter oh, hasn't wow. seen my four sisters, my brother, my mom in four years or in, in over two years. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just, it's just stressful. How often were you going back? Oh, uh, every two years. <laughs> no, okay. I'm kidding. I go back about once a year. Okay. I go and five days in the spring. That's generally what I do. You may have seen like through the social media updates. I had my friend from high school, my, my best friend from high school, he passed from COVID. Uh. And so that happened in April. And he was my age, so he didn't. He, I just turned fifty last month, wow. but he didn't make it to fifty. So wow. I thought it was interesting. That is so sad. I am so sorry. Yeah, we had fallen out of touch. We hadn't been in touch for like ten years, but it was still like he's for like that six, seven, eight year period. We were like best friends. And, oh my gosh, uh, it's. I can't imagine how impactful he was. Did he have any other, other underlying conditions? Yeah, from what I heard, maybe like a little bit overweight, mm-hmm. which I think is was common for people 
in like the early like waves. Oh my God, but I'm other so than sorry. That, yeah, yeah, I mean, but it's interesting because that that gives you some context for like people until people know someone or, or know someone who knows someone, yeah. it's just kind of like happening out there. Yeah, and then as that starts to happen, you're like, it makes you take it a little bit more seriously. You're not kidding. You're not kidding. I talked to my mom in Pittsburgh, and she lives like in the suburbs, and she goes, "Well, we don't see any of it here. I haven't. I don't know anybody that, you know." And I'm like, "Please, it's happening." <laughs> you know. It, yeah, it's, we're at as of today. We're at a quarter of a million, right? Two hundred fifty million. Yeah. You know, two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Quarter of a million. And yeah. Sometimes I think about the three thousand victims on nine eleven and how we held them up to such esteem, and we should, etc., mm-hmm. because they were just people going about their business, etc. But this is unbelievable. I mean, it's I was happened thinking so about slowly and drawn out, and people don't don't like. Obviously, if that happens in one, like if. If 250,000 died in one day, people would be like, oh my God, like it would be the, we wouldn't stop talking about it. But the fact that it just has been happening over these six, seven months. I'm blown away by how some people are so cavalier and they don't get the gravity of the situation. And so it's exciting that Biden's coming into office, but what are 70 million Americans thinking? What are they doing? (laughs) It's so bizarre. It is frustrating, but it's also interesting to try and understand like i think i was talking to a friend yesterday and i said that people's initial reaction like on their facebook feeds or twitter feeds whatever you're spending the most time you start to see these people that you disagree with and some of them could be family members some of them could be friends and i think people's initial reaction is to like shut them off block them stop stop them in their feed and i don't think that's the best approach because if you start pruning your feed to only things that you want to hear then when something like this happens and everyone's shocked that there's like 70 million people, I think whether you agree or disagree, and you can decide how to handle those those comments, but to know that they're happening is important because some of those people have a, a genuine, if you, get, you were able to sit down with them and say, hey, let's find common ground. Like, where are we off here? Like, what, where am, what am I missing? And, and agree that we're going to have a discussion that's not going to lead into like one person yelling at the each other or <laughs> cursing the other person. I, I think agree, there's, except there's a genuine for, I interest. Yeah, but I but I don't want that propaganda in my mailbox. I don't want it in my feed. I don't. You know, I got a life to lead. Yeah. I got a daughter. I'm a single mom. I got a couple yeah. of podcasts and shows. Yeah. Like that's where my attention is. Trying to make idiots understand basic common science. It's just not up my alley. Yeah, it's just not. And they're not my listeners, and they're not going to be giving me a good review on Apple Podcasts, so whatever. (laughs) I mean, they're dead to me. No, I'm kidding. I do have cousins. I have four cousins. They're all boys, all last name Blackburn, Mm -hmm. all been through the Air Force, and they're all Trump supporters. Yeah. Should make four. Well, it's not going to be a lot of Thanksgiving traveling anyway, so maybe that's a good thing. (laughs) Because this, if any... What are you going to do, Harry? Oh, we're actually, we are, are actually, my, my, my partner and I are driving to see my parents in New York. I'm in Minneapolis nice. now. So, and we're good. We, I just got a COVID test good. a couple of days ago. We're waiting on the results just to be sure. But yeah, it's a day and a half travel. So we're going to be stay quarantined and just stay with my parents. That's it. So, and where are you right now? Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. My, where my partner's from, she grew up here and getting reacquainted to the cold because I grew up in New York. And then obviously, as you know, I was in LA for four or five years and got myself a new winter coat. And <laughs> yeah, wow. Minneapolis. Yeah. It's, a, it's a chilly place. 
and also happened to be ground zero for the racial unrest yeah. that started oh on top oh. of COVID in April. So that was an interesting one, too. It was crazy. Have you ever seen the movie Young Adult with Charlize Theron? I don't think so. I've, yeah, I've heard of it. I Write that down. It. Yeah, Watch yeah, that because yeah. it takes place in the Minneapolis. Okay. It's Very really cool. good. She's one of my favorite actresses. And Patton Oswalt's in it. He's really okay. good. <laughs> so you mentioned couple of podcasts and we probably want to bring listeners up to speed because yours was episode 110 just took a quick look so that was a while back because i'm at 240 now so right, right. that's so, <laughs> so exciting let's, i saw uh, that today that you were at 240 actually that's wonderful congratulations thank you yeah thank you. i you know story has been going for over 10 years wow. i celebrated my 10-year anniversary this past july and I have have 649 episodes, actually. So it's been a Congratulations. while. <clears throat> yeah, thanks. It's great. I'm pretty happy about it. I got to speak at Podcast Movement, and I did a, a session called A Decade of Podcasting. And that was really nice. I always love Podcast Movement because I love the energy. Yeah. I love people as excited about podcasting as I am. And I like to see how serious people take podcasting now because when I started in 2010, there were only 2% of the world listening to podcasts. Now I think it's up to 7%, which is pretty remarkable. It's more than tripled in 10 years. And even the, if you look at the Edison research stuff, I, I think love that it, stuff. It, it crossed over, it's like 50 or 60% are, are familiar with the term podcasting now. It yeah. officially is past the halfway mark. So, And then also like radio is shrinking and other other categories are shrinking to make move, yeah. make room for podcasting. So it's definitely the future. And with that in mind, I'm starting another one. <laughs> <laughs> so bring us up to speed on all the shows now. Well, well, Storyworthy, you know, Storyworthy is when I bring on generally a comedian or a comedy writer, sometimes directors or actors and actresses. And I have them tell me a true story, and then we chat about it. Because I find that when people tell you a story, you can learn a lot about them. Instead of saying, where are you from? What college did you go to? How many brothers and sisters do you have? Like that, that stuff gets so boring, and long-form interview is just way overdone, in my opinion. Favorite ice cream, spirit animal. Ay, 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 ay. Yeah, and, and also there's a lot of... Oh, well, whatever. And so I bring on comedians because they understand the idea of brevity. And I'm a comic. And most of my friends are comics or people in the industry, as it were, because I'm here in Los Angeles. And I've been here for over 23 years. And I always tell people that I get about one friend a year in LA, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I have about 23 good friends. Now I have a lot of friends. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it just takes some time. But anyway, it's pretty... It's pretty great. I'm really proud of Storyworthy. It has me branched off into doing a lot of other things with Storyworthy still remaining like the mothership. That's mm -hmm. ground control is Storyworthy. And then all my other shows come off of that. So Storyworthy keeps going every week. I've never missed a week. In fact, in 2014, I took five months and I did two episodes a month for five months. I made a commitment. No, not two episodes. I did two episodes a week for five months. So I did 40 episodes in five weeks. Wow. And I thought that would double my listeners, right? I was hoping to double my downloads because I thought to myself, well, Mark Maron's on twice a week and I listen twice a week. Adam Carolla's on four days a week, sometimes five. I listen to four or five days a week. Howard Stern is on anywhere from one to four days a week. I listen when he's on. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to have two a week. 
I'm going to try this out. I'm going to do an experiment. And I did. And it was, I busted my ass because I do all the editing as well. I do the pre-production, the production, the post-production, everything. And it was, it was a lot of work. And what I found was that I was just giving my audience a choice of episodes. I couldn't actually take another hour of their life. Yeah. yeah. And people forget that, you know, the typical person has like 30 things in their Netflix queue that they haven't gotten oh, yeah. to yet. So Absolutely. you are And now more than ever. Right. And now you're competing with Ozark. So who do you think you are? <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying like, it's hard to get an audience. That being said, what we were just talking about, the Nielsen reports show that more and more people are listening, et cetera. So I think there is an advantage to, you know, getting the content out there, but it has to be at the expense of your health or your day-to-day life if you have a family yeah. and how much you're doing. But anyway, that was way back in 2014. So I kept it up. Over the years, I've been with two different networks at Storyworthy. And every time I've gotten a network, I got so excited. And then when the network goes away, you know, they like Sideshow Network just went away. Or I was with Wondery and they dropped about 15 shows at once. And I was one of those shows. I was with them for two years. And when that happens, like I have been so crushed and it's so upsetting. Take it personally. Very, very personally. Like, this is my product. So you're saying you hate it. So you're saying I suck. So you're saying, what have I been doing? It's so a cycle breakup. It's not you, it's me. It's tough, man. <laughs> but then, you know, again, of course, we have to keep on moving. And now I have a better perspective for sure, because honestly, I'm in the driver's seat, right? I'm the quarterback of my show. And if they're not, if somebody doesn't want me on their network or I haven't even tried to get a network in three years, but the point is, is if, you know, now they'd be so lucky to get me. It's not even funny. Well, it like, sounds like you certainly can start your own network now. Ah, I'm not that interested. <laughs> no, I'm really not because yeah, I do this for work. me and my audience, and so I can perform. I'm really not doing this. You for don't have me. an extra four hours in a day. I'm not really interested in helping. <laughs> ever. And you know, honestly, I highlight so many people on my show, and the show really isn't about me because I'm, you know, I'm just guiding them through. I'm just the facilitator to get them to tell these true stories and make them shine. So already the show's not about me because I highlight other people, but I am not going to put myself in a position to make myself responsible for other people's work. Because as you know, podcasting is so hard and you either have that in you or you do not. And that's fine. You know, I teach a podcasting class and I tell my students right away, you could do anything, man. You could, it doesn't, your goals are your own. Whether you just want to make something for you and your partner to listen to, or you want your family to listen to, or you want your neighborhood to listen to, even if you're doing yeah. it just a community podcast or whatever, that's fine. You don't, everybody doesn't have to have the goal that I have, which is my own show. I mean, you know, yeah. television show, like yeah, money, yeah. you know? When I think of like, Spotify giving Joe Rogan a hundred million dollars. Like I just, on one hand, okay, I guess it's a good business move because people are saying that had he kept it on his own, he could have made a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, it's like Spotify, you could have given a hundred really good podcasts, really quality podcasts, a platform and given them a million dollars each Yeah, to a hundred and what about that idea? You know, what about really spreading it open, you know, blowing it wide open? But they didn't do that. But my point is there's still money to be made and that's yeah. my goal. I think overall, I think it was good for the 
the industry. I mean, we're still talking about it, so people are talking about it. And I think people noticed are finding Joe Rogan, so they're going to find over the podcast. Oh my so gosh, of course. Obviously, you want to be, even just being on Spotify, it's sort of like rising tide lifts all boats. All now. ships <laughs> rise and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. no, yeah. no, no, I totally agree. I'm just using it as the idea that there That's is a good, money yeah, to be made. a good point, yeah. But you don't have to either. So when I talk about podcasting, it's from my point of view and it's from what my goals are. Other people, God bless you, do what you want. Who cares? That's the beauty. You know, and so I tell- what else are you working on? Okay, so I have the podcast. Then over the whole pandemic, I've been doing the story where the hour of power every Sunday night live on Zoom. And I did it for 27 weeks in a row, which is a lot of Sundays. I never miss a Sunday. 27 times four, whatever that is, I booked all those guests because it was always myself and four others. Yeah. Plus that show would start at 6 p.m. Pacific Coast time. And then- at seven o'clock, because it's called the hour of power. So one hour of six stellar stories. I never pick people that aren't fantastic. And then after that hour, we would play story, smash the storytelling game show, which is my game show, which we played at the LA or the Hollywood improv for three years. We sold out the, the lab there at the Hollywood improv for Mm. almost three years. And then when COVID hit, we couldn't do our March show. And you know the rest of the story. So we yeah. brought Story Smash back onto the onto the Sunday night Zoom show. So that's been really fun. I did 27 of them. And it's so funny, Harry. I said to myself, I really need to take a break because, you know, it's not just the shows, it's the flyers, it's yeah. the posting, it's the yeah. I mean, it's a headache. And I take every one of those shows and I edit them in iMovie and I put them up on YouTube. So there's a lot of uploading and downloading and my computer's jammed and things are slow. I'm losing my mind. My hands have been come, become, um, I've had got carpal tunnel and all that. That's funny. Oh, yeah. not that funny, but. Yeah. I got a call yesterday from Flappers Club in Burbank here and they want to have the story where the hour of power on their stage every Mm. Sunday night. So now the story where the hour of power, it'll be once a month actually on the third Sunday of every month at Flappers Burbank. It's a great comedy club and I'll be hosting it and I can't wait. Uh, It's going to be so much fun. I mean, obviously the club is closed. I think I may have been there once. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the club is closed right now, but I mean in a virtual world and in one respect, you know, these virtual world, these virtual shows, people, some people don't like them, but on the other hand, like Flappers and even my show, that I was doing on Sunday nights, I was getting people in Spain. I was getting people in London and people from all over the world, same as flappers. They're getting, you know, not only sometimes the 200 people they can hold in their showroom, but they are actually getting, depending on the show, more than that. So it's kind of like this thing that I think in a way is here to stay. Yeah. Whether we go back or not. Yeah. There's no reason why if you live in Shanghai, you shouldn't watch the flappers show on the third Sunday of every night, every month. Yeah, I always say that anyone, especially from an entrepreneurial perspective, like people were forced to create an online version of their business, and you've now opened up to anyone that's, if it's, you know, obviously anyone that's English speaking anywhere in the world, consume or watch your stuff. Right. And we were forced to, to create that. Yeah, and I'm excited to start pitching that stuff on my podcast, the flappers thing, because I have fans in, South Korea. I have fans in 
all over Africa. I have fans from Storyworthy. So mm -hmm. this is exciting in a way. I mean, to take something away from the pandemic, it's our ability to stay in touch and how, yeah. and how small the world really is. Have you noticed the caliber of the guests that you have, you're getting on the show now has changed? Is this the same? Dude, it's so great. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I had on Kevin Nealon, and he's okay. down in Nashville at his brother's house or somebody's house. Yeah. I had on a guy in, well, I don't want to talk about him because then he was accused of sexual assault. Oh, no. <laughs> never to mention his name again. But okay. anyway, I had on a girl in Toronto the other day, a girl named Marsha Shandor, totally talented, amazing. She runs like the whole Toronto scene in mm. storytelling. And I've had on Adam Ferreira in New York. I had on Barry Sonnenfeld in Telluride, Colorado. Mm. I had on Tony Tripoli in Phoenix. It's been fantastic. And you know, the first nine years and three quarters, nine and three quarters years of yeah. Storyworthy, I did 600 interviews. And that was my whole thing is that I had to be in person. That was like yeah. my whole thing. That was my whole thing. I don't know why I thought that way. Yeah. I just thought, you know, we really need to see each other and the energy and everything. So I was luckily able to get enough people because I guess I live because here in Los Angeles, I was yeah. able to get enough people to really pack out my show with some pretty good names, big names. But now when the pandemic started, we all had to shift, of course. So I tried mm. about three or four different ways at first. Like there was a telephone way I used, and then there was like a Zoom. Anyway, then I then yeah. I landed on Squadcast pretty early on, actually. So I'm happy with that. Yeah, I think it, it's everyone's comfort. It's not something that you have to explain to people because everyone was forced into the ex this experiment. Like a week, like you're, and people are you know people were doing the the talk shows. Like Jimmy Fallon was doing it from home, and Conan O'Brien, like in yeah. those early early months. So I think everyone was just had to acclimate very quickly to the new environment. I love it. I love it because it's like people that have ingenuity are able to rise up. So it's like we all got put down on the same level and now people are moving. And what's going for me is my ingenuity, my curiosity, and my ability to get myself around a computer. I really luckily have become quite adept at the computer because of my years of podcasting. Yeah. Have you noticed any change in how you handle the interviews because you're forced to do it remotely versus in person? Well, I got lights. You know, you I kind of felt yeah. like I had to get some lights so you look okay. I This is a tablecloth behind me. That's funny. And this is a black flat. I ordered them on Google, black flats, or on Amazon. Okay. And I am now... Looks like the Johnny Carson Tonight Show curtains. <laughs> Thank you very much, Harry Duran. Date, date myself with that reference. Well, yeah. no, you've got a good eye. That's exactly what it is. I I wouldn't even be doing what I do if it wasn't for Johnny Carson. He's like yeah. my complete idol because he was my father's idol. Mm. There's a whole story. But yeah. anyway, so there I've got, I'm just still doing the podcast Storyworthy, and I've got the Storyworthy Hour of Power, now the third Sunday of every month at Flappers which is going to be just great because they've got their own technicians and I don't have to do all the work. Oh, good. Yeah, I'm thrilled. But do you, I was wondering if... But I still get to book everybody. Do you notice anything about how you have to be more attentive, the energy level or, you know, something about a screen that's hard because you can get body language, obviously you're in person, 
do you find that you're not missing a beat and, and you're able to get that same vibe, that same energy from the guests? You know, honestly, I personally am pretty lucky because I have been in over a hundred commercials. So I'm used to looking at a camera and I'm mm. used to talking to people like that. I don't have to okay. see myself on screen. I can look at the camera. So okay. I happen to have that skill, which is really mm. fortunate, but I can see, and it, and it hasn't been easy, but it hasn't been yeah. that hard for me, but I can see how it would be. I would say the most important thing is to focus, like you should already be focused when you're podcasting anyway. Mm -hmm. And since they see you, clear up your background. Don't make it cluttered. Don't have like four dogs behind, you know, just be be normal, you know, be yeah, professional. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. act like, oh, they're giving me their time. You know, <laughs> this is not a joke. Yeah. Unless, unless your podcast is like that. You know, I, I, I <laughs> yeah, hate free, to always speak for everybody. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If There's you so have the jumbled, confused, wacky podcast, God bless you. The Funhouse podcast. Yeah, well, that's great. Good for you. <laughs> so talk for the folks who weren't able to attend your session at Podcast Movement. A decade of podcasting is a long time. Um, what were the, some of the highlights or the takeaways that you talked about during that talk? Well, I, you know, my show was like, almost the last thing at Podcast Movement. In fact, I think it was the last okay. or one of the last things before the virtual dance party, which you know I was there. Anyway. How'd that, how'd that go? <laughs> I was not at the virtual dance party. I don't understand. That is where I, I have to back out. Yeah, there's certain things you just can't recreate over Zoom or video. I'm just, you know, life is too short. Anyway, but by, so I wanted my session to be fun. I didn't really want to teach because everybody has been being taught at for like two full weeks this year. And yeah. so I wanted to just make it fun. And so I gave some tips, but I also played three or four clips from my podcast of really intense stories, like mm. two very funny ones, like just hilarious. And then one, when I got to have Sugar Ray Leonard on my podcast. Oh, nice. And he gave, you know, and I only played like 30 seconds of the clip, but he was just yeah. saying, you know, look, you got to be a fighter. You got to stay with it. It was just kind of a neat little button yeah. on the end of the thing. And so I didn't give that many tips and stuff. I think one person did say something like, you know, I wish this wasn't just, and I don't know, something like, you know, they wanted me to tell them what to do. And I did tell them things like, don't quit. I don't know. Yeah. What else can I tell you? <laughs> it's going to be hard. You are going to have highs when you get a network and you are going to have lows when they drop your ass. You are going to have highs when things work and lows when the equipment doesn't work. And when, you know, you need a new computer and you don't have any money, you're going to be low. And when yeah. somebody gives you a microphone because they have another one, then you're going to be thrilled and yeah. you're going to learn and you're going to make mistakes. The good news is there's so many resources like podcast junkies for one, where you can listen and learn from people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. So it's all about how far you want to take it. You don't have to go far, but you can. So it's what you put into it because you are the quarterback of your show. I also urge people to change if they want to change. If you don't want your co-host anymore or it's not working, split. Don't be angry about it. Just say it didn't work. If you want to change your logo, change it. You want to change your music, change it. If you want to change how you edit, change it. Like this is an art form and it ebbs and flows and you have to roll with it. 
It's never going to be perfect. It just isn't. And some shows are going to be a lot better than others, but you just have to keep on going. And so if you want to, and if you don't want to, just say, you know, I'm doing two shows a month. That's it. Whatever. And as long as you're consistent and it's the second Tuesday of every month or whatever, then fine. Nobody cares. And you don't need a lot of followers. You need good followers. You don't need 10,000 downloads. You need a thousand good people Mm -hmm. who believe in you. That's it. What if you got a dollar a person, an episode, $4 a month per person times a thousand. I don't do math as my daughter (laughs) will attest. But well, there's a, there's a, the co-founder, the co-creator of Wired magazine, Kevin Kelly, has a very popular article. He calls it uh, "The Thousand True Fans," oh. and he says if you could get a thousand fans and get them to pay you a hundred dollars a year, yeah, you know, so that's not a lot. It's like you know, less than ten bucks a month. For, can you create something that would be worth it for people to give you a hundred bucks a year? That's a lot of money, and then that's a yeah, that's a job for a lot of people, and and so have that speaks to exactly what you were talking about. But also, you know, at the same time, it's going to be the quality of your show is going to depend on how you set the tone. So really think it out before you, if, if you're already podcasting, you know, go with it. You're doing great. Keep it up. But if you haven't started podcasting, wait a minute <laughs> and really think about this or say it's a, I'm going to do a three month commitment. That's it. Or whatever. Map out your goals before you start. Put your put just do your first three or four shows into an iPhone. Just do it. Just start yeah, talking yeah, in your yeah. iPhone. Can you exactly. talk for five minutes without being interrupted? Or can you what do you have to say? Can you hold a thought for five minutes and, why? and hold a conversation? Why, yeah. why, why are you doing this? That's the big one. Because if you ever get lost about what you're up to, if you think about the why you're up to it, then you should be right back on track. So ten years in, Christine, what keeps you going i have a daughter harry she (laughs) likes to eat now ready for this every day i have to feed her every day three times a day so so you're monetizing the show you're keeping it going and then obviously you want to keep so you're working with yeah in other words this is really i have some sponsors but they come and go again that's gonna ebb and flow sometimes i have them sometimes i don't this last couple of months haven't been great, but then it was really good this summer. It really just depends. But what I'm saying is from my show, I've able put, I've been able to start these other shows yeah. and those are more sometimes more money makers okay. for me. Okay, so I'm starting a new podcast. I don't know if you guys heard that Spotify, I'm sure you did, Harry, that Spotify opened up its licensing of music. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With a caveat with the caveat that the show remains on Spotify exclusively. Yeah, I saw that. It's a pretty big caveat, you know what I'm saying? But I've had a show in mind for at least six years that I've been wanting to get out so badly. And I never thought about Spotify. I only ever had my eye on Sirius XM, which I still have my eye on. But all of a sudden when Spotify announced this, when Spotify announced this, I pretty much recorded an episode as soon as I heard that. Like I just start talking into my cell phone. Here yeah, we yeah. go. I got it. I got it. And I'm so happy. And my logo looks great. And I will tell you that the name of my new show is called My Life in Three Songs. Mm, okay. That's it. And it's going to be episodic, like weekly or? Every week I'll have on a different comedian mm. because that's my tribe. Yeah, yeah. I'll have on a different comedian to talk about their three songs in their life that have impacted them. It doesn't have to be their favorite song. Yeah. But three songs that when you hear that song, boom, you go to another place. And a lot of times 
you know, that might be from like when you were a teenager, when you were in your 20s, when you're in your 50s or whatever that might be. Or it might be as a child and it might be who knows when college. You gotta save me a spot on that. So <laughs> I will in a heartbeat. Of course you can come on. I'd love you deep, to come on. What so, do you I have any songs in mind? Like literally like I music is my electronic mostly like electronic music, but house music I, and I grew up in the era of like hip hop, so like yeah. The cha- the challenge for me would be so, picking just three, <laughs> I'll tell you that much. <laughs> Well, I know, I yeah. know, for me too. But wait a second. So, are you considering doing anything on Spotify just just to see how this thing goes? Yeah. Well, as with other projects, I'm focused on that. We've got our agency, so focus on that for now, like um, getting bringing business in. But probably it's something I think just because of my passion for music, I think it's something that I at least dabble in. Like you said, you can always try. That's me. That's yeah. me. I love music yeah. so much, and. All of my friends do as well. So I know it's going to be a really cool show. It's going to be rich. I've recorded. Do you know the specifics of like, do you have to like, do they give you a publishing tool so that allows you to pull in something from the catalog and mix it in? How's that work? So one of the caveats is that you have to use Anchor. Uh, so it's Spotify and Anchor together. Got it. Okay. And Anchor is not a bad platform. Yeah. I have found it's okay, but it's kind of Mickey Mouse yeah. when you're used to doing things a little in a more fine tuning way. Yeah. But I'm getting around that, Harry, between you and I, because I record myself in Squadcast, I edit it in GarageBand, okay. I master it in Auphonics, then I give it to the folks over there at, at uh, Anchor. Anchor, yeah. God, there's so many names. There's so many platforms. You don't. You just have to include a song that you know is on the Spotify platform? Is that basically it? Or Okay, so yeah. now you're in the Anchor platform, yeah. and there are... I have it right in front of me, so I'm just going to read you what I'm looking at. Mm -hmm. So basically, what they do is they have, it's like in bright colors. You can't go wrong in Anchor. Number one, it's a big orange one. It says record. And then next one says library. And the next one says music. The next one says messages and then transitions. Mm. So it's actually really cool. Interesting. I didn't use the record button because I uploaded my own wave. Okay. The library is if you want to get like some of their little canned okay. ding dong, yeah, yeah. bung, 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 little sounds. The music. Now, this is what you're talking about. You click on music and it's just a search box comes up. And then you basically add any wow. flipping song. And the, the, any want. duration? I believe, yeah, yeah, any duration. I don't, I'm not using, yeah. well, I am using the full duration on the three yeah. songs like that I chose. I did the first, I'm in the middle of the edit of the first one. I mean, that's how so new this is, but it's all recorded. So I'm doing three full songs. I mean, like everybody will. And I have the talking to nine minutes. So I talk for nine minutes in between three songs. So the three songs will come up to about 19 yeah. minutes plus my nine okay. minutes of speaking. I'm trying to make it a 30-minute show, but now when I start having people on, it might be longer. It might be 40 minutes or yeah, so. Yeah, because if they if it's a, if they have to tell a story about the, the music, I mean, each unless you cap each story at like five, unless they're telling you the story for the whole three or they're piecing together the three or... No, no, it's not going to okay. be the full... It won't be like a full yeah. story. Like I told, like my story, my first story took me about two okay. minutes to say. My second story took... Yeah. longer four minutes and then the third story okay. only took one minute so it so it depends like my three songs two of them are very meaningful and the third one's meaningful but it's just because it's like so yeah. happy my third song my like song that always gets mm-hmm. me going is from melissa etheridge mm. brave and crazy that's like okay. my go-to pump it up like you can do this 
brave, yeah. crazy, you get it. Anyway, so back to Anchor. You basically have these different places, these different files, and you place them in the right-hand column. There's like a click to upload, or you can drag the files in. And then from there, you can organize them just by clicking and moving the pieces mm. around. But now let's say you want to edit in there. It seemed a little complicated. So I went back and edited in GarageBand, uploaded the file again. So now I already have an edited How file. How do you get that? You, so you, you're downloading the, the full song? You can download the into, full song? Yes, oh, okay. yes. Interesting. Yes. So then back in Anchor, I have my voices edited because I did it on my own. And now in Anchor, I have to edit where those songs yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. Where is the insertion yeah. spot? So they allow you to basically click and leave, you know, a, a, a marker mm -hmm. and then click and leave another marker and then just take that song that you already got from the playlist and drop it in. Like it's crazy. Now I'm still learning about how I'm going to fade in and out or the levels because I don't know about the levels, but it seems pretty cool. So I'm very happy about that. My life in three songs and I'm hoping to drop it right before Christmas is my idea. I'd like to drop three at once. And then keep on going. And the frequency that you went, that's going to be weekly, you said? Or every, every week, week. Yeah, every week. The other thing, Harry, and I always recommend this to people starting podcasts. The other day, I immediately went and got the domain name, mylifeinthreesongs.com. Yeah. I got the Instagram, mylifeinthreesongs. Mm -hmm. And I got Twitter, mylifeinthreesongs. So I'm so happy yeah. that... You know, again, before solidifying things, I'm getting these pieces of the puzzle totally in place. Love that. Yeah, we, I, I always talk you. about this new project that I have in vertical farming, which is like indoor mm -hmm. farming, container farms, and companies that are doing it. So yeah. I started a new podcast called the Vertical Farming Podcast. Wow, how exciting. Oh <laughs> and my gosh, I started, you did start another and podcast. And I started interviewing like uh, CEOs and founders of these companies, and then I got a sponsor wow. for the entire season. They paid for it wow. <laughs> before I launched an episode. <laughs> Congratulations. But it was just, a, and I, but I was working on the socials. So I grabbed all the socials, Instagram, and I was posting. I had got a LinkedIn company page, which is a good one to do. I always tell people get a LinkedIn company page. I'm going to write that down. Because tell you just, me you, what the name of it is again Vertical Farming Podcast. Vertical Farming. Farming.com and all that. Vertical Farming Podcast.com, yeah. Podcast.com. And then on socials, it's just at Vertical, vertical Farming. Vertical Farm Pod, yeah. Vertical Farm Pod. On all that the socials. That is so yeah. cool. I'll follow you. Yeah. Vertical Farm Pod. How cute. I love it. <laughs> I'm so excited about this. But they just, it was just that. an example. It's super niche, like, industry. And so I was able to, I was doing it as an experiment to see if I could create my own production client. And mm -hmm. so I, when I started the show. We've got the experience producing shows. And then as I started speaking to companies, one of them sponsored the entire season. That's unbelievable. And paid me before I even released an episode. <laughs> did you already know what you would charge? Did you have to think like, okay, wait, 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 yeah. wait, wait, wait. I'm going to do 10 episodes. I'm going to do them this well, long. What did you always, say what's interesting is that these companies, I, I specifically targeted this industry because, and I thought about doing it because there's a lot of money coming into this industry, $14 billion, VCs <sighs> coming in, spending like $100 million for this company, this company, this company. And so I was like, okay, this is an industry that's growing. That was like one of the, the things that was important because you don't want to do, you could do any niche like butterfly collecting, but you're not going to get, you know, companies to sponsor you. So as I was speaking to one of these companies, they were saying, oh, we usually go to trade shows and we pay $20,000 for a booth, right? So I was like, instantly did the math. And I was like, well, you know, how about 9,000 to sponsor the entire season? And he's like, yes, no problem. Wow. Yeah. That's so exciting. Yeah. 
I am so happy for you. But it's just that this because sponsors, especially if you think about industries that would normally mm-hmm. go to trade shows, and mm-hmm. there's probably you could come up with a couple, you know, a hundred if, if if you think about it. They have no marketing dollars that they, they need to spend, and they're That's not so spending smart. them. So you know, what and are now these there's industries? No trade shows. There's no now trade they shows. don't have that. Yeah, and these booths are not cheap. You know, so they were going to be spending it in 2020 and first half of 2021. So I think still think there's opportunities there. For someone wow. to just think about another other types of industries to make up all these health conventions, you know. Yeah, all, all the conventions. Yeah. There's no conventions. Yeah, there's yeah. no conventions. I love the ingenuity of people. That's so smart, Harry. Good on you. Yeah. Well, good it, on you. It, it sounds like your show is going to be fun too, and I think now you've got me thinking about something to try out, and, uh, and I'd probably lean I'm more into like since I grew up going to clubs, I could kind of work that angle of like, you know my last night at the club or my first time of in a course. club or something like that. Of would course, be, be of fun. course. Yeah. Or that time the girl did that <laughs> yeah. or that or somebody did something. Yeah. Yeah. Music is like in my soul. I play guitar. I play yeah. piano and ukulele, some harmonica. You know, I love music. It's always on and around me and I miss concerts so much. So I was thrilled to hear Spotify did this and now we'll cross our fingers because there is, you know, once I get this first one polished, I do have to like submit for, permission i guess or like there okay. is a process to, to get cl- to get it cleared or something like that right? yeah it's uh, not going up interesting. immediately interesting. so i gotta go think about that as well i'm just saying there's a, so but th- i'm doing i mean I'm, it's already happening and i know i'm onto something good when i truly i can't sleep i can't sleep <laughs> i'm so excited it's just so fun to go quick well it's you know, nice to have new so projects excited. that get you like get the creative juices flowing and get you thinking and then and you start to think about who are the guests that you're going to have on yeah. so that's going to be fun another thing that i that happened to me this year in podcasting is I had a girl on my show several years ago who was actually a friend of mine, Michelle McNamara, and she passed away three years ago and maybe four years ago Mm -hmm. now, but she's the one who essentially caught the golden state killer. She named the golden state killer and she wrote a book. Her husband had to finish it for her because she passed away, Mm. but it was called the name of the book was I'll be gone in the dark. And Michelle, had HBO did a doc, uh, you know a whole documentary series this summer on her six episodes. So HBO called me and asked me if they could buy two episodes that Michelle was on. Wow. So I was able to sell those two pieces to HBO. Very cool. Yeah, and from there I was able to sell it to a podcast that's going to be attached to it, and it's going to be called the I'll Be Gone in the Dark podcast. Wow. It's coming out this spring, and I sold them a piece of it. But you know what I did, Harry? I don't know if it's because I'm a nice guy or what, but I cut the podcast a big slack because Michelle was my friend. I'm not necessarily trying to capitalize on this situation, and it's a podcast. How much do you think I charge them? 500 an episode? 250 bucks. Say I'm a nice guy. (laughs) Well, it's... it's, it's, um... You kind of just no. this paid forward option. It's this abundance mindset. Yeah. It's this like not yeah. trying to take advantage of people. It's like do unto others, exactly. the golden rule, whatever you want to right. call it. It's like. But I yeah. felt that because, yeah, they're podcasters yeah. and yeah, I know course. the money there. Yeah. But then ABC bought it two weeks ago for 2020. Oh, wow. And I got 1500 from them. Oh, so you see, money you changes see? depending on the Because you did the right thing, so. Thank you. <laughs> but anyway, I certainly wish it wasn't at my friend's expense yeah, of in terms course. of her death. But it was kind of an interesting way that I made some money that I didn't know was coming. You know, it's it found money. It just speaks to the power of 
continuing to be consistent with content creating like this library that you have like this 10 years of episodes i mean this just this catalog that's it's almost going to be like your legacy as well <laughs> right because all, i think my daughter yeah. will be listening to me forever yeah. i just did another podcast it was last year with Rachel O'Brien, a comedian. Yeah. It was called Screwed Up Stories. And we did 52 episodes. We were with Westwood One. So Westwood One, they you know, picked us up before we started the show. They picked us up. I, I got us in there because I met the guy at Podcast Movement. And somehow I talked my way. I talked my way into one. I talked my way into all my networks. Yeah. I definitely, <laughs> definitely. I'll make sure to hire you as my agent when it's time for me. Oh, my gosh. I talked my way into everywhere. But... You know, Westwood One, they picked us up 52 episodes. They got us sponsors and stuff. But really, it did not break down into much money at all. Because, you know, if we were getting, say, $350 to do an ad or even $400 to do an ad, well, they took 35%. Now, Rachel and I split 65%. So now I get 32.5%. So whatever that is of 400 is not a lot of money. Even if you have two sponsors a show all month. But it was a very good show. It was well-produced. We got to record in a really fancy recording studio in Culver City. And so that part was cool. But it was disappointing, again, to get canceled. I mean, it just stabs you in the heart. And then Rachel went off and is doing another show, and I'm doing another show. So unfortunately, that show is, like, gone. And sometimes, you know, I get a thing from Squarespace that says, you want to bring this website back? And I'm like, (laughs) I guess not, you know. And it disappoints me because the show was good. And it's a nice little body of work as well. So I'm happy I have that. My daughter has more shows. And she'll know what to do with. <laughs> she'll, yeah, she'll be able to hear well, me. Well, it's, it's, it's also this archival aspect of podcasting that I think some people are starting to become aware of. I use an example of a show we're producing for a gentleman who's working with his father, who's an English professor. So he's mm-hmm. in Hawaii, the son's in Atlanta, and they talk about like, they, re- they pick a book and they kind of break into it. So that's one thing they're doing, but they're also father-son recording conversations that will be there forever because the, the father's like in his 80s or something like that. So at some point he'll I'm going to write that down because... Yeah. My boyfriend should be doing that with his father because yeah, his father's saying, it's a brilliant called guy. Island Idols, uh, I D Y. Island Idols, I D Y L L S. It's it's a really really fun conversation, and I actually do the editing on that one because I I want to get the update on hearing the conversation. So it's been nice to follow their journey the past. This they're about to do awesome. season three. Yeah. How many shows do you edit? Oh, that very few <laughs> at this point because I just, I mean, I I even had m- my team do my show as well. So just occasionally the ones where I'm interested in the topic. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah just to, or want to learn something about a topic. Yeah, I still edit another show. I do eight a month for yeah. this person okay. for money. I have to. Yeah, yeah. You know, for money. So I feel lucky that I can do it, and I have the skill. I'm yeah, fast yeah, that's a good it. skill. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and then also teaching. I teach for the Manhattan Comedy School. And flappers as well. Okay. I teach podcasting and I teach storytelling. No shortage of people wanting to learn about podcasting. <laughs> it's so fun. I love teaching. I really do. They're yeah. funny kids, man. I do three hours. It's a six-week course, three hours a week, 18 hours of podcasting. Mm. You know what I do, though, Harry? Is each class I have, I pay somebody 100 bucks to come in and talk about their own podcast. Oh, Interesting. Yeah, it's really good because I, I know a lot of people that are, you know, I know like Lori Kilmartin came in, yeah. Alonzo Bowden. Yeah, Lisa Orkin. It's fun. Jackie Cation. They come in and they, they come take on for a, free. Well, because <laughs> why would they? 
Well, again, it's about. No, no, I was saying I'll come on and talk about my podcast. Oh, for you free. would. Oh, I thought you said why don't they come on? For oh, free? no, no, no. I said I'm talking about podcasting as well. So if you ever, if you want someone to talk about podcasting or be a guest uh, teacher, happy to do that. I think I might do that. Yeah. I need somebody on December 10th. But anyway, you know, I I guess I was just saying in, t- in terms of money, yeah. like it's not unheard of right now at all to be exchanging monies this way. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Or like, hey, Harry, you want to drop podcast junkies in my feed mm-hmm. and we'll drop story worthy in your feed? I mean, there's a lot of that going yeah, on. Yeah. And fair enough. I haven't done it with anybody in a while. But when I was with Wondery, that was one thing with Wondery. They always made me... And that's why they took us on to begin with. I know this now. You know, Hernan started this podcast network. They didn't have any content. Yeah, yeah. They had like one show and it was Jenna Elfman doing like a play or something. <laughs> the point is, they didn't have anything. So yeah. they picked up a bunch of shows like mine. Yeah. And I was with them for two full years. It was good, really. All good. But that they always made me drop their new shows coming in. Dr. Death, Makes Dr. Sense. John, Makes Dr. Sense. Doolittle, yeah. Dr. Pepper. Every <laughs> Dr. doctor that came through the door... <laughs> <laughs> they dropped in my feed. Yeah. I hated that because my show story worthy isn't true crime. Yeah. But they didn't have anybody. And the best way, of course, to spread the word is to be on other podcasts where people are already listening because that is the audience that exactly. listens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the easiest podcasts. way to get new listeners on not, yeah. they're, they're hearing you on another podcast. Yeah. So do you want to drop story worthy in your Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I don't mind. <laughs> okay. We can do a story. We can do a drop swap. I don't know what it's called, but <laughs> yeah, I'm excited about really the yeah. my life in three stories. That's or my life in three songs. Oh yeah, I'm super. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll drop story worthy or my life in three songs. Yeah, that's it, man. That's out. the one. I, I think I got it's all, all my- as you start to build this community. You know, I'm at year six now, and just you develop these relationships with friends in the in the world of podcasting and. You know, we all help each other out because we all know what it's like and how hard and every little bit of like, even if I get one listener from a drop or you get one listener from a drop, we know that that's how you build a long-term listenership. They just come in one at a time, one at a time, you know, it's it's not yeah. like- pick up a Twitter yeah. follower here. Exactly. Pick up an Instagram exactly. follower here. I swear to God, that is so true, Harry. And we are not competing against no, one another. Not at all. No such thing. Yeah. Kevin Allison has a very successful storytelling show called Risk. How could that compete with what I do? Mm-hmm. Storyworthy. There are two different storytelling shows. Yeah. Or The Moth. <clears throat> My show isn't nearly as tame as The Moth. I mean, you know, it just depends. So everybody, but we're not competing. We really aren't. I hope people get that. Yeah. So as we wrap up, Christine, when you think about what's, I mean, it's hard to even plan because if we were thinking about like in March, like or April planning, or I'm sorry, February, thinking about what our 2020 was going to look like, no one could have predicted that this was coming. So it's hard to even predict what the future is going to hold. But as you get ready for the next, you know, maybe the next 10, what has you excited and, and what keeps what's going to keep you moving forward? You know, honestly, talking to people like you and the people at Podcast yeah. Movement, and just people's enthusiasm makes me so happy because I thought I was all alone back in 2010. It was me and Mark Marin and Adam Carolla, and those guys yeah, didn't yeah. know me. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. didn't know them either. By the way, Adam Carolla came on my show for my five-year oh, anniversary, nice. which was cool. very cool. Yeah, it meant a lot to me. So I just want to continue story-worthy because obviously we're never going to yeah, run out of true. stories. And I find it's the best way to get to know somebody. Just tell me something, you know, just tell me your story. Don't go through the, don't tell me your major. I don't care, but tell me your story. And that 
you know, I don't see how that will ever run out. That's going to go forever, in my opinion, as long yeah. as I'm here. And then my life in three songs. I have so much passion for that right now because songs and music, it is my world. It, it really is. And so my life in three songs, I think is going to impact a lot of people because it doesn't matter yeah, how course. old you are or how That's young you are. I asked my daughter, you know, she's 13, what songs impacted her? Yeah, I was not thrilled to hear about Grace Vanderwall, but nonetheless... You know, I just am really thrilled about that. And then also the story where the Hour of Power at Flappers, I'm happy about that. And then also Story Smash, the storytelling game show, is coming back on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube starting on December okay. 4th. And I'm using a new platform called Stream. Oh, yeah, I have, have you seen, seen that. that? That's a good one, yeah. <sighs> Slick. <laughs> Come on. Seriously. Yeah. StreamYard is, I used to be a, a tour guide on the Paramount lot, and I used to take my tours into the hard copy That's studio funny. because I thought it was so cool at hard copy. It's that cheesy yeah, magazine yeah, yeah. show. But I thought the control room was so cool, all the monitors and people saying, you know, cut to two, go to three, take on one, grab to four, whatever. And that's what StreamYard that's can cool. do. You are the producer. Yeah, I know. People I've seen people use OBS. That's one of the tools. Uh-huh, yeah. same idea. Well, it sounds like you got a lot of projects in the works and enough to keep you busy, definitely. So we'll make sure if we don't have them already, we'll send you over the links. So make sure we put all those links in the show notes. Oh, yeah. Thanks. I will. And yeah. It was oh, fun thanks. to catch up with you and hear what's going on. And, he, and I like that your energy and enthusiasm for the platform, for the medium for podcasting hasn't waned. And I feel like mm -hmm. you're an ambassador for podcasting, which is good because you've been doing it for so long. So you can tell people what it's like. They can yeah. see the ups and downs. You've been part of networks. You've been doing it solo. You've been figuring out like side hustles. You've been like, <laughs> it talked. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. It's, oh yeah. yeah. The goal is yeah. don't get a real job. <laughs> don't get a real job. Everybody else's podcast, but don't you get a real job. Yeah. Well, glad we uh, got to catch up and maybe we'll schedule Thanks, one of these Annie. every couple of years just to kind of see what's going on. And every couple of years? Dude. <laughs> well, the last time you came on was probably 20, if it's 110. That's well, that's why I'm saying, why do you want to wait that long? <laughs> All right, next year, definitely. All right. Stay safe. Stay, stay safe. Good to talk to you. I appreciate your time. Thank you. Thanks, Harry. You too, buddy. Keep it up. Thanks again to Christine for returning back on the show. Always much appreciated. And I can't tell you how much I enjoy speaking to friends, old friends on the show that have supported me in the early days. Full show notes available at podcastjunkies.com forward slash 248. Intro and outro music composed by Cedar and Soil. Don't forget to check out our sponsor, Focusrite, and their awesome line of gear, specifically the Scarlett 2i2 Pro. Podcast production and marketing provided by Fullcast. Sign up for a free podcast brainstorm at fullcast.co forward slash chat 15. Tune in next week for my great conversation with Stacey Sims. And if you made it this far, you're no doubt looking for this week's retention hashtag. Let's go with Story Christine. And you can tag her at Storyworthy, one word, and podcast underscore junkies. Thanks for all you do to support the show. Talk to you next week.